welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. I like when people are in there already and we didn't even like get started. What's up, everybody? Um, I'm going to get started for the, uh, because the Eagles game starts at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I want to make sure that Brody gets his, uh, his dad time and that he's, that he's longing for today. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. Uh, no, I'm going to do my intro and all that oh. stuff. I have, I have stuff to tell people. Okay. Um, if you're new here, my name is CJ Reynolds and I do this show every week, uh, with the not so secret wife. You don't get to see, it's just her hand usually on the side here. And uh, with all these great people in the comments and what we do, the whole purpose of this, like why would teachers be talking about education on Sunday when it's the worst day of the week for educators a lot of times, especially if you had a bad week before and now you're freaking out because this is us showing up on offense instead of showing up on Monday on defense. This is us showing up to get each other ready to help to, to be amongst people that get you because um, you know you know darn well that your friends that don't have, that don't teach, have a lot of skewed ideas about education and what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing and how things should be run and stuff like that, but they're not in the classroom, so they don't really know. So this is like you being amongst people that get you. It's like that old Blind Melon video where like the Bumblebee girl shows up in the field of other Bumblebee people and then she's like, get it, now someone gets me. So... With the whole idea here is to, you show up, you bring your questions and your answers. This is not just me talking, but it's all the folks that are in the, the comment section from, um, from Mr. James Pete to, uh, to, to Little Space Freckles, to Tracy Pinter, to Unicorns Rock, to um, whoever else is showing up from week to week, Summer Tate, like these are just John names are off the top of my head. Uh, John Lopez, uh, AKA the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> These are folks that are showing up to help you also. So if you get in here and you ask a question and someone starts speaking to you, it's cool. That's what we do. Like we're trying to help one another out. What we're trying to do here is help each other be the teacher we always dreamed of being. And sometimes the world, the system, the, the man is trying to keep you down. And we're trying to help you say, hey, no, man, there's no way you only have to th survive in this job, but you can thrive in this job also. So you can put your, your question in there. What we're going to do tonight, same thing we did last week. Um, we're going to do like first 30 minutes um, of, of the show, not of the questions, of the show. We're going to take questions as they come. Second 30 minutes of the show, um, Not So Secret Wife and Edie, my helper, are going to pick questions that maybe we haven't addressed before or are really pertinent to right now. Um, and if, if you ask a question that was already asked, we're just going to like tell you, try and tell you like what the timestamp of that question was. So you can go back and watch it later. Um, cause we're timestamping questions now. Um, and that'll start showing up in the show notes eventually, but, um, just as a way so that like, um, we can get through more stuff because since the Eagles are playing at one o'clock people, you know what I mean? I want I have to be watching them by 2 PM. So that's it. What's up? You don't have to do this now cause I'm taller so I can see. Better. Oh, oh, fantastic. Uh, couldn't, oh, you don't watch the live, John, on yours anymore. I forgot, because I was going to well, say It doesn't that, matter. The live counter for the timestamp has oh, to be off of your... It's not whatever. Yeah, it's not the same. It has to be off makes of sense, yours. Makes sense. Makes um, sense. Look, I will, uh, I'll, do, I'll do my other stuff in the middle like what I, that I usually talk about, give you like all the other pertinent information. Um, are you ready? Yes. Our first one comes from Sophie. Sophie. 
asks, uh, what, I just would love, I would love if my wife read the questions and then I answered them. Maybe. All right. So feel it out today. If you see a question you want to read, you let me know. I can read the question. Okay. I don't want to read people's names. That's how, I'm oh, not any better than you that's are fine. with Go names. Ahead. I'm probably worse. You want me to actually read it a, now? We should have a name challenge. There's a video. No. Name <laughs> challenge. Send in your name and we'll see who we can. We can do the whole Reynolds household because yeah, yeah. all of us struggle with no. vowels. Who, was, who couldn't say scary today? They were like looking at it on the paper and it was like blowing their mind. I don't know. I don't oh, know. no. Because it was like glittery and cursive. It was, yeah, it was, it was Marley. Yeah, because yeah. our kids can't read cursive. Anyway, go ahead, dude. Oh, you want me to actually read it? Okay, Sophie's mm -hmm. asking, how would you handle students who keep talking in their mother tongue instead of English? In my school, they get detention for it, but would like, but I would like to handle it differently so they avoid detention. First of Interesting all, question. Sophie, this is a wild question. First of all, I read this thing on, on Facebook the other day, and look, I don't get into politics very much or, or any of that sort of thing uh, for a reason. Somebody said that they that students who came there was a principal that was starting and somebody we know posted this thing and it was like the principal was going to make it so that kids couldn't um, speak in whatever their native tongue was or, or their their no, I, so I don't even know if that's crazy culturally appropriate. Thing that a principal it was floating it was like around. some new principal it was on Facebook and it was like this guy was like if you like the only language you're allowed to speak is English that's it um, and I just thought that is so. Like, that idea, right? So let's just note that idea real quick is not a good idea for any number of reasons. Because I know that my students, that when I taught in Camden, New Jersey, and, you know, 50 to 60% of my students were, were Latinx, they, um, those students, I, I feel like they wanted to do well in school. Like, I don't know a kid that actively doesn't want to do well in school unless there's some baggage, right? But nobody, I don't think anyone shows up to anything and doesn't want to do well. Um, there's just reasons that they don't do well. Like there's either what someone else told them. There's the baggage that they're bringing from past experiences. There is the, the, the unbelief that if they actually put in the work, they'll get the result. So I don't know anyone that doesn't want to be successful, right? So when I had students that only spoke Spanish in this, in, in my school, cause some students would like move right from Dominican Republic or right from uh, Puerto Rico or Mexico or something they couldn't speak English or even kids that moved from Jamaica that just had like a different dialect or their accent was so strong. It was really hard to understand. Sometimes I find that those students want to do well, but they, you know, it, and, and when you're speaking another language, my, my experience, which could be different than other people's, right? My experience has been that when students are speaking Spanish in class, um, yeah, sometimes they're cursing me out or saying something about me. Maybe, maybe, but most of the time it's like trying to say, what did he say? What's he talking about? Um, and I think that it is addressing it with students and saying like, look, I, I tell kids all the time, if someone's doing something inappropriate, right? Like, so a kid shows up to class to one of my colleagues the other day with ski goggles on, right? We're all virtual. So he's just got giant ski goggles on and that's how he sat in class. <laughs> and it was like a big thing. It was like a, like a big conversation, like, like on, not like with everyone, but like in the, some of the channels that I'm dialed into. And it was, how do you deal with this? And to me, it's like for that particular child, right? I'm going to answer the initial question because I realize they're not the same thing. Um, the, to me, it was like, bro, here's how we're going to break this down. 
Are those magic ski goggles? Do they help you pay attention? And if that child said yes to me, I would say then you have to keep, you can keep them on. I need you to keep them on, right? Don't take them off. But if I see you're not doing well, I, we're gonna have to change, you're gonna need new prescription, you're not allowed to wear those ones anymore, right? And so it just becomes so dumb that it's like an incentive to do well. If a student is going to get detention for speaking Spanish, first of all, I would push back against that and I'd try and talk to other teachers and see like why. Like I don't understand that policy and it'd be really interesting if, if I could get a breakdown for that. But like ultimately I would tell a student like, look, I don't want you to get in trouble. So if you need to do some stuff in my class, like let's sit you next to this person um, if you're in person and if you're not, um, figure out some sort of communication. Like if, if you're in person and it's social distancing, whatever it is, there has to be something you can figure out to help that kid out. Or on on virtual, they can, you know, I don't know, message that child, the other kid in Spanish or keep them on speaker or phone or whatever. Some, something has to be there. Where what I would do is take a student that didn't speak English, put them next to someone that was bilingual so that they could help them learn. And then what I found was that um, then I would also meet after school with those students and I would have like, I don't know, between five to ten uh, students at all were, you know, English as a second language and they would come in after school and we'd make like an event out of it. And we'd all like, like they would speak Spanish. I would speak English. We'd figure stuff out together and get to figure out how to help them learn the Odyssey or read the Odyssey, even though it wasn't in their native tongue. Um, and so it, the, the, and then like maybe get like a graphic novel version of it for a kid because it was less words and they could see the pictures and understand what was going on. What we're trying to do is meet kids where they are to bring them up to where they need to be. And, and so I love that you're trying to help out with this because what I would tell students is, look, if you're going to get in trouble, let's figure out a way around this, right? Like let's figure out a way to help you win. If you need help, what you need to do is contact me. We'll have a little conference with someone else that speaks English. Um, and, and it works, but like if, if it's even English and Spanish, I don't know what the two languages are, but that I would just figure out a, a way to, to help that student navigate that. Um, cause I don't see any usefulness in that particular. Now, from my standpoint, I don't see any usefulness in that particular rule, but it's, uh, it's helping kids. Look, I think here's, here's the big lesson in life, right? In our jobs as teachers, there's so there are so many things that we are and are not allowed to do. And so, but when we know what's right for kids, we can't always go to the principal, go to the board meeting, meet with the parent teacher association, whatever it is, sit with the board and ask, I need, um, a, you know, to be allowed to do this thing. We figure out how to do it on the low. Most of the time, that's how I do everything in my, in my school, right? Like there are big ticket items that I can do, but it's like to wait for policy to change or to wait for it to come down on high just takes too long. So you just handle it. And I think that that is how I would look at this too. I would go like, like, you know, all gorilla teacher on them and do it like low key, like a ninja. Um, that's a great question. And if you want to talk about that more, that's, I don't know how we would, but that would be something really interesting to, to hear more about. Email. Yeah. Uh, what you got? Josie, I think it's, it says Josie H is asking, how do you deal with a kid coming in crying or visibly upset into your classroom? Particularly if you are in, in front teaching, say a lesson or giving notes and don't have any independent work time scheduled till later that period. Is there a particular space that the student goes to? How do you create a space where the upset student doesn't feel like the whole class is watching them? All right, so th that's a great question. And this happened a lot of times, especially this is, 
I found particularly awkward amongst um, high school boys. So like if a high school boy is crying, this is like, right, like, you know, like if we're talking toxic masculinity, you don't cry because now all of a sudden you're soft. Now all of a sudden you're weak. Now everyone knows what your deal is and they are going to put you on blast for it potentially. So what I had the reason and I this I would handle this the same way I think no matter what grade I taught. I tell that student, hey, do me a favor real quick, bro. Step step outside for a moment. Um, you're not in trouble or anything like that. I just need to speak with you. I get everyone else what the, and let them know where they where they are and what they're supposed to be doing. I step outside with that student. I go, what's going on? Um, kids going to say nothing most of the time. Nothing, nothing. I'm fine. Um, so you're not because your eyes are leaking and I can tell that you're you're visibly upset. And I want you to know that I that I see that and that I care. So but this is how I lead to that question. This is a slightly longer answer. The way I get kids to talk every single time is I go, you don't have to tell me what happened, right? I'm not looking for specifics or because ratting is a really big thing in our school. Like, like you cannot rat on someone. Um, so instead I'll say something like, uh, it's all I'm wondering is, is it a home thing or a school thing, right? Can you just answer that for me? Um, and let's just say they say school. Okay. Follow up question. Don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but it's, it's, I'm not going to know what's going on. Is it a teacher thing or a student thing? Um, it's a student thing. Okay. Uh, is it a student thing in class or a student thing like in the hallway or at lunch or something like that? It's a student thing in the hallway. Okay. Um, did it just happen? Was it like, did it just happen right before this? No, it happened two periods ago. Okay. So now I'm remembering who did they have two periods ago? What floor would they have been on? Where would this have happened? Um, did someone like assault you or they just said something that hurt your feelings or, or, or what happened? Um, they said something that hurt my feelings that happens all the time. And then usually by that point, I'll just say like, so what did they say that like hurt your feelings so bad? And so that it, what you're doing is making these sort of like easy, like softball underhanded throw questions to kids that are easy to answer, that they're not telling you too much. They're not ratting you anyone out. They're not saying what happened or who did what. But you're leading up to this moment where it's like, okay, we got this far. I know that it happened this long ago in this place at this time. This is the situation. Um, do you want to tell me what what's going on? Like, you know, is it like, let me know. Like, or, or does, do one of those people, are they in this class so I can move you today? Um, then what I do is I go, here's what, are we good? We're yeah. good. The time, there we go. Okay, cool. It's still running. Yeah, it's yeah. Wor it's Why working now. That? Sorry, that was somebody called me and it like tripped up my my situation. The phone call came through. Um, so, th you know, the let me just make sure this is going back. I'm watching yeah. the live feed. You can see it. Oh All right, because it's not happening on the computer yet. So that's why I was no, just wondering. Okay. All right, cool. Then I'm gonna keep going. Um, send that kid to the bathroom. Let him get a drink. Let him like splash some water on their face. Take a second. Um, you can give him a pass or not give them a pass. Uh, but I tell kids like, come back when you're ready, and then. If you want to do work, if you want to engage today and you want to sit in your seat, great. If you don't, you can either sit on the couch or you can sit at my desk and uh, just chill for the day, right? You don't have to engage if you don't want to. We'll get you caught up when, when we can. And then I make it a point to just connect with that student later in the day. And then I help them address the situation that, that's going on. But that's, that's like the long version of kind of how I, how I navigate that, that thing. Um, cool. Thanks, James. Um, that's all I said. Uh, Josephine, that's a great, I love that name. Um, Josephine, uh, Pettit. Oh, how would you, um, would you, 
Would you have vlog? Oh, um, would you vlog your experience during your first year of teaching? Yep. I didn't even take pictures during my first year of teaching. I had a video at one point of like a... But not vlog for like, I want to like build a YouTube and like... I don't know if try I... And like get a... I don't know if I would do that. YouTube and channel. the reason I wouldn't do that is because I think folks underestimate how hard vlogging is and how yes. much time it goes into yeah. it. Um, and teaching. It's like, and are you allowed? Like, are you allowed to do it in your school? That's become a thing that like, it wasn't a thing when I started teaching and now... Um, you're making money, right? So you're making money and some schools don't like the fact that you're making money with their school as a backdrop or with students in yeah, it. But, but that's um, actually a falsity that you're, you're spreading. Like you don't make money off of YouTube, like through AdSense for a very, 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 oh, very long time. <laughs> no. What about like some of these, like some of these young women that start channels, especially. That's true. Like if you're, if you look like someone wants to be, right? So like if you're, you know, like, yeah, but to make, because I think we look for people that a, we can relate with, but to make a profit off of YouTube where like an actual, you need a thousand subs. That's it. No, you don't just cause you get a thousand subs does not mean that you make a, an AdSense check every month. You might not even clear the hundred dollars yeah. that it takes to make, you don't even get a check but from ad. The YouTube. bigger, the bigger thing I'm saying is like, if you did grow, right. Oh, yes. That, that is a thing. And does your school want permission because you are putting them on the internet, yes. right? Those are just things to consider. But I think for the sheer, like, aspect of remembering what it was like, I think that it's so interesting that most of us have an idea of who we want to be one day, the kind of teacher, the kind of person, the kind of dad, the kind of spouse. But we often forget that although I'm not where I want to be, we forget that I'm not where I was. And I think that is such an impactful thought that, like, who are you right now might not be where you want to be in life, but is it different than where you were? And I think vlogging during your first year, if for no other reason is a great idea for that. And then even if you did have like a YouTube vlog later, or you like you decided to really push your channel, man, how great would it be to have all that stuff from before and talk about it and, and be able to unpack it even more and say like how much you've grown and learned and changed and, and, that would be fantastic. Oh. What you got? Dela Classroom, an OG. Is asking, when and how do you carve out time to reflect on instruction? Do you have a binder or record keeping routine to organize your thoughts? Um, so, let's see what my thoughts look like right now. <laughs> Is it pretty? No. So I either, to I'm going to hold here. this back because that's kids names on it. I take this thing, my, my seating chart and I write notes on that all day. These, this is Friday's notes, right? This is how insane I am. Look, it looks like, it looks like one of those murder things where like you're trying to figure out who the murderer was. And then they just have like pieces of paper all the place with string and stuff like that. Or I have legal pad upon legal pad upon legal pad of stuff. Um, I'm trying, in the, this is because I'm virtual, so I can't like, I, I, when I take notes when I'm working with companies, I usually use the sticky note feature now on my desktop, um, but I can't see that when I'm in class because I have 97 other tabs open. So I do, I do it as I go. 
And then when I have a break or at the end of the day, I try and synthesize that. Uh, before when I used to have to do lesson plans and I had printed lesson plans, I would write it right on my lesson plans, like cross things out, didn't work. I'd have like little coded symbols for things of like, um, like do more or add this or, or do this or change this. Uh, I think that the, this is such an important thing to do because you think you're going to remember stuff, but like you don't by next year. It's like the reason that like I have to like in my tiny garden that I love so much, um, I have to take pictures of it in the summer, not to just look at later, but cause I can't remember what's growing where, like, I think I'm going to remember. And then in the spring we're like, what the hell is that thing coming up over there? Like, is it a weed? Is it a plant? Is it whatever? And one year I had these beautiful, I forget what they're called, but it's like this really long stem red flower with these kind of weeping petals It is one of my favorite things in my garden. And when it started coming up, I didn't realize that it spread. Uh, and it's cause it's slightly invasive. And it grew like three or four feet to the right. And I pulled all that stuff up because I just thought it was weeds because I didn't take a picture the year before. And then when they all came up that year, I was like, oh my gosh, I would have like four times as much of this flower, um, but I didn't note it. So I think it is always uh, taking notes. Um, they don't have to be pretty. It could just be real quick, but it's something to jog your memory for later. Uh, that's why I think vlogging is such a good idea. That's why I think that um, blogging could also be a good idea. Uh, even if it's just for your own growth and, and change and stuff like that. What do you got? Uh, Jacob Ingram. First time doing journal journals this year. How do you grade student journals and any tips would be great. Thanks for these videos. Means a lot. This is a great question. Uh, Jacob, I'm going to throw this back to the crowd. Uh, so if everyone in the chat, if you could give an idea of how to do this. So I've been doing, I started doing journals, but I turn, um, I do it in Google slides right now. But I take like the, uh, so if you have like, uh, the slide looks like this, I turn it like this because then kids can fit more on there. I make like a really cool picture at the top and I make like a cool, I use like good text and stuff like that to, to have something that's visually engaging. Um, I don't know if it's the best way because sometimes Google keeps screwing up this year and we keep having issues with, with Google because, and look, to be fair, I keep telling my students when they get aggravated with different sites, I'm like, these people didn't know they'd be running the educational world this time last year. Like Google didn't know, Schoology didn't know that every, all of a sudden the whole world's using you. All of a sudden everyone's using Canva. All of a sudden everyone's using Nearpod. It's like the sheer volume of educators that are now essentially forced onto these platforms, they didn't know last year. So I give them a bit of grace. But sometimes my Google Slides don't, don't um, show up for students. Sometimes um, they can't act like they can't access it. They can't write on it. There's all these different problems and it's everything on my end is done right. There's just some glitch in the system. So I'm wondering how is everyone else doing? Like on what platform are you doing? If you do journals, what are you doing? Cause I like to do it every day and then I don't grade them every day. I think that's, that's way too much work. I grade them once I get to about, we'll, we'll say, I don't know, 15 of them or so. Um, and then I just grade them out of four points. And so it is, uh, four or five points. It depends on the class, but it is essentially like, is it set up correctly? Like the date, the, the question, um, and the organization is, is there, is it at least the minimum number of sentences that it needed to be right? And then is it like, did you like, I'm looking for like capitalization and grammar and stuff like that. Cause my guys still struggle with that kind of stuff. Um, 
that's, that's it. I don't grade what you wrote. And as a matter of fact, I tell students to note on the top. I got this idea from my friend, um, Kate, the sleepy teacher who's on YouTube as well. Kate. Um, well, so the one thing is me, I have kids put a star at the top if they don't want me to look at it, right? If they don't want me, if they wrote something personal, something about mom, dad, themselves, you know, that they don't want me to know, but I'd, ra I'd rather them share, share their story, their thoughts, their feelings, their ideas than not. So put a star at the top if you don't want me to read it. Cool. Like you like a girl, you, what it, you know, somebody likes you, whatever it is. But Kate has the kids um, write tweet at the top or put a blue post-it note if it's something they want the teacher to read, which I think is such a great idea because sometimes kids don't want to read out loud or sometimes they just want you to know something about them. So you can have some sort of indicator at the top as to the ones that the students want you to read. And then I grade it for completion um, and did you do like set it up the way that I want it and not so much on what you're writing. Um, and that thought comes out of this. When I started writing my book, um, which I have a book, it's called teacher class off the real rap guide to teaching available now on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and everywhere else that you buy books. Um, they, if I didn't, when I was writing a rough draft, when I was like, so the way that I, I, I felt was best to write was like, you don't always want to write on every day. But I had to. I made myself write every day. And so sometimes it was just what Tim first would say, like, can you write two crappy pages a day? Sometimes the stuff was good. Sometimes I, I was feeling the flow and I'm writing. I'm like, this is great. I'm feeling good about what I'm writing. Other days I'm like, this is total dog crap. Like, I don't, this is just gobbledygook. Like, it's not, it's nothing. I really just said gobbledygook. But, um, so I don't know that I want to do that to my students and grade them on something every single day. So that's why I just do like this handful of things. Um, I think it could also be interesting if you had students like out of this many journal assignments, like pick five that I have to grade, right? Like for, for each one of you. And then um, those are the ones that are really tight, the ones you feel strongest about, the ones you had a good answer for, something like that could be interesting as well. But um, yeah, I'm going to go back and look later and see what people were saying. You didn't catch anything, did you? What? Platforms that people suggested? Uh, no, but All they right. did say, like, um, someone asked, it was like kind of a sub-question. They said, how do you organize your data you get from your students? Do you assign writing assignments? What are your expectations? Oh, maybe, is that a separate question? Yeah, that's okay. a separate question. We'll get back to that one. Okay. <laughs> Catherine Metcalf is asking, How do I help students who are stressed? I have freshmen who are new to high school, work and they express that they are overwhelmed constantly. All right. This is a great question. I love this question because I think it, it is the same thing that's going to help, um, teachers that are stressed, that are new. It is for, for, on, on a level, I think for students, it's a lot of difference. It's a lot of change, but sometimes we make things seem harder than they actually are. Um, what I think is the best thing we can do for students that feel overwhelmed is to help them figure out one, how they learn and two, how they're going to achieve their goals this year, because school is so homogenized in that oftentimes students that don't learn a certain way are, they just give up, right? They, they just lose interest. They, they were excited to come to high school. They were excited to start fifth grade. They were excited to, to do, you know, 12th grade year AP. Um, but then when they saw how hard it was, it, we didn't rig the game so they could win. Um, and what I mean by that is not dumbing it down, not making it easier, but you know, as a teacher and as a parent of students of two kids that have like their own learning differences, I now realize that I had some sort of processing 
issue when I was growing up, right? And I still do. That oftentimes when I read um, test questions that are on the state test, so like while the kids are taking the state test, I just like look at it. Um, I have to read things three and four times to understand what someone is saying, right? It's not that I, it's not like a dyslexic thing where the words kind of, kind of are screwed up. It's in my mind, the way you're saying it is not a way that I'm connecting with. So it doesn't make sense to me. Um, direction that the school gives on like how to set up this or how to do this thing. I'll read it and I'm like, wait, what? Like, what are you saying? And I'll have to go first go, like I have to read like three or four words and then think about it and then go from there. As a kid, I felt dumb as hell. I just thought I was stupid. I just thought I didn't know how to do certain stuff or that I just sucked at math. Maybe I didn't just suck at math. Maybe I just never had a math teacher that spoke my language. Um, so I think it is helping kids to figure out how do you learn? And so asking them, hey, come sit with me after school for, for a little bit or let's do a Zoom call or whatever. Um, what's, the best, what's the best class you ever had and why? Right, that's one, sorry, that was meant for no, me. Um, uh, what's the best class you ever had or the best teacher you ever, ever had and why? And then listening to a kid and trying to pick up clues as to like, why would that class have been good? Like, did they do a lot of projects? Was the teacher really kind? Was, were they patient? Did they um, let you work at your own pace? Was there autonomy in the reading? Like, what was it about that? What class sucked? And you don't have to tell me the teacher, but what class sucked or what teacher was the worst and what was it about them? Not, not personally, like they were just, you know, you didn't like their perfume or something like that, but like, um, or cologne. I don't know who still wears cologne. Um, John Lopez probably wears cologne, but he probably makes it himself. <laughs> He's probably like a scientist and he has goggles on and he makes sense. <laughs> he would. It would be awesome. In his workshop. Um, so, uh, the sanatorium, that's what it's called. Anyway, I'm okay. getting, I'm really getting, see there's the ADHD is uh -huh. getting off uh, the rails there. I think that in doing that with students, you start picking up clues as to what, was, what worked and what didn't. Um, then you could ask them about your class. Is there anything you wish I would do differently? Or th so that's one question. If you're is there anything you wish I would do differently to help you succeed one, two, uh, cause not a lot of times the kids even know what the answer to that is. My other question I ask in every special education meeting, every, every IEP meeting that I ever go to is what is something you wish teachers knew about you? Um, with regards to school, right? And, and so that could be social emotional stuff. That could be the way you learn, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, it could be, I, I was in, you know, a meeting the other day and, and I asked a student this and, and their, their answer was so great that it was just like, I'm so glad I know that now. It's going to help me to be a better teacher to you. Then when dealing with that, this isn't just information for you. When you go back to your grade level meeting, all right, yo, everybody. Um, so I talked to Tom the other day. Tom's having a really hard time. Um, here's some things you need to know about Tom and here's some stuff we can do to help him find success. He has a hard time paying attention for more than 10 minutes at a time. Tom has a really hard time sitting still or not fidgeting or focusing on stuff. Tom has a hard time because when he's at home, he doesn't have headphones and he can hear his brothers and sisters learning at the dining room table also. So I'm gonna buy Tom some headphones. We're gonna send him over to the house and then hopefully he'll focus in or we're gonna give Tom breaks or Tom doesn't like math because he, like, something about that isn't clicking with him. Is there anything we can do with the math teacher to help Tom find success in this class? So what you're doing is helping a student self-assess, 
you are praising them for, for being um, self-aware and for advocating for themselves. And then you are trying to help them connect the dots because sometimes students don't learn. They like, I know people that are adults. I know someone that's a principal in high school didn't know they were dyslexic until they were in their master's program in college. Never knew. It came up in a class. They did a self-assessment on dyslexia and they dyslexia were like, Dyslexia hides so, so well. Which but, is and why once you learn how to, once you learn how to, to navigate it, right? You're like figuring out your own ways to yeah. survive. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you can't really go back, but it's a freedom, she said, to know that that was the problem. That, yeah. th that she actually had dyslexia. She's like, I just thought I just couldn't learn well. Or like, I just wasn't that smart. And like now, she's like, it was like just a, a freedom from like the burden on her, on her soul from that. Yeah. And I just loved that, yeah. knowing that. So that, that's what I would do. Um, Katherine Johnson. What is a good balance for taped lessons and live lessons for distance learning? I think any, any recorded lessons that you make, um, which I'm going to start doing mine this week, have to be between six and nine minutes. That's what studies show. That's when you get the maximum amount of engagement. Anything over nine minutes is too long and kids aren't going to pay attention. Now, you could have a number of short and sweet videos. Like, here's the video, go do this. Here's the video, go do this. Um, the reason I really love this is because I have so many kids that are coming in late and then you they can't see anything that was in the chat on Zoom before they got in there. They have zero idea what's going on, even if that's five minutes, right? Like even if they got held up or their mom asked them something or they had to help their little brother get because his Zoom call got kicked off or something. There's all these legitimate reasons and legitimate or not. It's like helping kids find success. If I can point you to a video instead of me saying something 17 times, or for students that do have processing issues, having something you can listen to again and again and again, um, or slow down or listen to a part of it and pause, that I think is empowering students. So that's how I would do it, six to nine minute videos on what this looks like, no frills. I'm not talking about making magic here. This isn't, this isn't green screen, this isn't any of that stuff. That's all extra credit. But to just help students, it's I think with all the optimism all the excitement that you can muster, right? You don't have to be um, like the way that I act a lot of the times. You don't have to be uh, Lisa Tobin. Um, that's that's a personality trait. But it is saying things. I, I find um, saying things with a half smile gets you a different result, right? And I you do this when I meditate. Someone told me years and years and years ago when I was studying um, contemplative prayer that she said, when you pray, and you're and you're just meditating quietly put a half smile on your face and just that act it shifts something in your head and and it and it it, it like puts you in a different state um 6 to 9 minute videos for kids that's it Cole Hatcher quickest question of the night that was answer I know, go. right Ooh, yeah I always just want to make sure people get their answer fully Cole Hatcher to say hey yo I've always wondered if you have systems regarding how you decide on your input, podcast, reading, etc., especially for those on the way to work podcasts. Uh, systems. So, you know what's interesting, man? Um, so, first of all, hey -o to you, Cole. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I'm in this leadership course right now, and one of the things I've learned about myself is that. Uh, the different, like, so we're doing all these different, like, personality assessments and then, like, breaking them down. And one of the things I found was that I, um, I like things to, like, I 
think of things in a scientific manner. And I was like in the meeting last week, I'm like, bro, I think that one's wrong. Like, that's not me. And I was talking to this dude who I barely know. And he's like, no, bro. He goes, you do, you do this. And he's like, you, he's like, don't you ever think of like, no, thanks to your wife who told you the same thing later. Yeah. But sometimes okay. it's the, it's the messenger, not the messenger. <laughs> We know this. We say this. It's in the book. It's in my book. Real rap with Reynolds. Teach your class up. Um, so it is, I found that, no, I am. Like, I like to know, like, how do I get from here to here? Whether it's exercise, whether it's fitness, which is the same thing as exercise, whether it's diet, whether it's um, my mood enhancement, right? Or like being mindful. I like to take steps to get from A to B. And so it blew my mind. Um, I think of stuff, it is not just one kind of podcast. It depends on who I find interesting. So I do these things where, excuse me, um, I go into deep dives on, on people. So like recently, um, I never knew who Blake Myofsky was. I think I'm saying his last name right. He's the guy that invented Tom's and like came up with that one for one system. Uh, I knew about Tom's. I wasn't going to wear them. They look like shoes for ninjas. Um, and I find that if you're big and tall, like I am, uh, and you wear them, you look like an exclamation point. So it was never my jam, but, um, I liked the idea. I heard him on a, on an interview and then I had to go listen to like every interview he ever did. I just thought he was such a fascinating individual. And that's how I do stuff. Usually I find someone that I think is interesting or I find a topic that I think is interesting. So right now I've been really listening to a lot of, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who talks a lot about like the science of, of mindset. Um, cause mindset is my, is what I'm really focused on right now. I've said this about a million times, but, um, so if you've heard me say that already, I, that's, that's why, uh, it is. So it's like, I listen to a number of podcasts. Um, but it, maybe I should, I'll make this a post on Instagram this week of like all podcasts that I listen to, but it is not just the podcast. Cause like there's a podcast called impact theory that I will listen to a lot and then they'll hit a season where it's like a bunch of stuff that I'm not so interested in. Like I'm not interested in cryptocurrency because we don't make enough money for that. Um, <laughs> I'm not interested in uh, like relationship stuff because I've put a lot of time and effort into like relationship stuff between my, my wife and myself. But like, so it it's depends on what it's about, but there's definitely certain ones that I listen to, but they have to bring me up even the person that's talking about something, it could be entrepreneurship. It could be customer service. I think that's why I listen and read more business books than I do education books. Cause I think education is so much more about have, finding confidence about customer service in, in, in a way it's about learning how to work with other people that are different than you. Um, and I don't know that education books answer that all the time, but they, but, uh, business books do. And so I think that that's why I'm, I'm drawn to those individuals as well. So, that's my answer. Uh, my buddy, Amy Russell. How are traditional blended virtual schools handling when you have to take a sick day? Uh, we are, we still get counted off. So I, I thought this was weird um, because we, some years ago, like a couple years ago, for whatever reason, we restructured our sick days. And I used to get like 10 sick days a year. And we don't, they don't accrue real, like, from year to year. So like, I don't, if I don't, don't take any, over. yeah, they don't roll over from last year to this year. Cause I'm in a charter school and that's not how the way that we've structured our days. Then they knocked everyone down to like, you get like four sick days a year and like three personal days, which still seems like a lot, right? Like seven days. But 
it's not if you need like like I need I had to have a tooth extracted recently. I have to go for a root canal this week. I had to go and get a filling done last week. Um, and I suck at the at the dentist. I, it's my number one fear, right? Like I'd rather jump in a bowl of sharks uh, if, if sharks were in bowls. Um, <laughs> that's a big. That's what I would do. But instead, I have to take Valium now to go to the to the dentist. And then I'm, I come home and I'm all like whacked out, and I gotta just sit on the couch and watch TV and drink soup, which doesn't sound that bad, but. Um, I can't be in school like that. So it just seems like if we're making short six to nine minute videos and assignments for our students anyway, why can't they just make it asynchronous and, and not get in trouble? So, uh, you know, that's that's how we do it, but we, we get accounted for sick days anyway, and it sucks. Um, I wonder if you're teaching from home, like if, and you're like sick, do they still require you to like- Here's what I think. Do you wanna know what I think? I'll put this on the internet, even though I don't know. How do they know? If you drop into someone's class and I have a video playing, right? Or the kids are doing, like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Cause I can jump on a call later that night. Like when the Valium work wears off, right? As long as I can hug, like I, how much did I talk after I got my tooth extracted? I know. The first week of school, I thought my face was gonna fall. First of all, my face looked like this, right? On one side, this is me last week, right? Can you look so I don't have to do yes. this for too long? I was reading Amy uh, Russell's right. comment, which Amy Russell, uh, I agree. She said, it's really not helping to make us feel like we can't take sick days during this crazy pandemic time. No, here's here's what I know, Amy and Russell. that same thing. You need more sick days, yeah. You need to take time for you, right? This is this is one of my big things. That's what Heather said. Lately she goes, is, should be mental health days. There is, man. There's so much. We are missing the, we're missing the fact that, like, let's just go over a few things. Right? Not only are we in the midst of a pandemic that is unlike anything that any of us who are alive now have ever seen. And those that are still alive probably don't really remember the last one, right? They're, you know, they're blissfully they're really old. And it's not something that we've kept in the history books. Like, when, how the hell? I never even knew about the, the 1918 flu, Spanish flu, until this came back. I was like, wait, this happened before? Why didn't, why didn't we learn about this? Um, Let's talk about the fact of all the fires that are going on in, in the Western United States, right? Like, even if you're not from there, if you know someone from there, or just to know that that's, that's happening is crazy. Or whether you believe in it or not, global warming, right? And the fact that, like, it, it is, like, all these hurricanes that keep happening and, like, all that stuff. Like, it's just this, this is what the news goes off of, right? Then we look at things like Black Lives Matter, which isn't over, right? Still happening. And, and then the ruling of Breonna Taylor and especially what kind of school you teach in, like how much stuff is that drumming up for people? How much are, are riots or protests or whatever drumming up for your students, right? How about the fact that we can't leave our houses uh, quite often or our students' parents don't feel safe with their kid leaving the house and going and playing basketball with their friends so they're not really getting any outside time so they're all like, wow, like riled up um, because they live with an older you know, grandmother, grandfather that is, um, has a, an immune, um, uh, an immune deficiency system. I'm forgetting. Yes. So there's a lot going on more than normal. I've never taught on a computer before. It is a nightmare. I don't think we're taking these things into account. And I think it is going to be problematic. I don't know that schools are going to give us what we need. So don't feel bad for taking what is already rightfully yours. You got a sick day, you need a day off, you're freaking out, even if it's three weeks in the school, take the day, take half a day, right? Like, you know, in, I was 
like, I was going to say enjoy your dentist appointment, but that's not really like, but it's like, the, to me, it was like getting this, some of this dental work, I found out that I had like these um, really gnarly infections above two of my teeth up top. And the doctor was like, yeah, it's going to zap your energy because it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Your body is actively fighting off an infection to keep it here to have it not spread. And when you get this work, you're going to see your energy level jump as if I need that. Um, but that was something I was like, yeah, I want to take care of that because I don't want, I, I need to be at my best this year. So I think that that's, it's okay to do that stuff. It's more than okay. I think you should use it. Use every sick day you've got this year. Um, Cause you'll show up better for kids when you're thinking, but I need to be there for kids. Remember what we said last week, I talked about this last week. There is a very small distinction right in our head between what is self-sacrifice, which I think can be good and to the betterment of others and self-destruction, which is good for nobody. And so being mindful is what I'm doing, self-sacrifice or self-destruction. Um, how do Donna, another OG. Knowing you have many irons in the fire, do you have a daily you family time or do you uh, schedule it? Great time, great, great question. So I do, I get up early, I get up earlier than everyone, um, unless someone has a bad dream and then they end up just downstairs in, in the morning with me. Um, even the dog doesn't get up with me anymore. He just stays upstairs until the not so secret wife comes downstairs. Um, I get up, I've only been getting up around six, but I'm really, I'm seriously thinking about changing that and making it much, much earlier than that. Um, and the reason I do that, what? No, he said he suggested he thought 4 a.m. or 4.30. 4.30 I thought, definitely still in bed at that time. <laughs> full Jocko willing. Um, so I like getting up. Uh, the beginning of my day right now it changes often, but it's uh, get up, I eat, uh, drink protein shake within 30 minutes of getting up, um, get my metabolism going, and drink a large glass of water, um, and then I start, and then I go pray, meditate, read, all that stuff. Then I come back if, if my wife's still not up. Uh, I'll start making coffee. Um, and then we have time outside together in the morning. It's usually me and my wife and now Marley sits out there with us and has like deep conversations about things. And then after school or during lunch, since I'm at home for virtually learning, we do, uh, we'll watch gravity falls right now is what we're watching in the afternoon and all eat lunch together. And then after school, I take like, it is like a sharp, as soon as that last class is done, I'm done, um, for now. And I'll do like take a walk with my wife, uh, wrestle my kids, take the dog to the park, something like that. Then I'm done. My last class is at 2 p.m. But since I'm not in the building, um, I still teach as many classes as everyone else. But I just happen to be done at 2 p.m. because I'm, I'm heavy on the front end. Um, I will finish school and uh, go do that for 25 minutes, like whether it's taking the dog to the park or whatever. And then come home and I work till 4. At 4, it's a hard out no matter what's still going on right i'm i'm done and that has been really beneficial and then i do yeah, but that transfers like then we transfer to like real rap with reynolds work a little right? bit later though mm -hmm. but i still like get my video game time in with the kids usually yeah. it depends too like because our kids are at an age where like they might just be out at friends houses or, or or like um they have like this base they're building in the woods that woods it's like 20 trees near a house in the back of a lot but uh they're building this base lately and they spend all their time down there doing stuff so if they're not home i'll work more like on real rap with reynolds stuff um but that's also because we had a lot of brand deals lately which is why i haven't put videos out on yeah. youtube either because i've been making stuff for i think to overall else. though to say like it fluctuates and i think we plan out like specific things to do with the kids 
on a daily basis. So we go, okay, we want to make sure we hit this, this, and this with kids today. Yeah. It's not always like, it's a, it's part what anybody needs, right? Yeah. If they're self-sufficient and they're out playing with friends, but the, or they're home, you know, like today yeah. they have like certain things that they wanted to do with us. And it was like, okay, we have to make sure that we carve out time for, yeah. you know, this, this, and this with, with them. But well, look, I mean, this week, right? Like I had a whole, I had a full breakdown, right? It was just like, it was like one already, like, I was just like, this is too much. There's too much to do. And I was like losing my mind. Um, so what I did was I was like, all right, screw it. I just went hard for a day and just like all this mess got organized. Right. And then I organized everything on my desk and stuff like that. And it's also driving me crazy. I can't get a desk anywhere. Cause like, we even, really need like more storage. Yeah. For, so like, I don't have enough room cause now all the school stuff's home and I, you can't see it, but there's stuff everywhere. Uh, I need to get that. That helps me mentally. So I went hard for a day, but then yesterday, dude, we just chilled. We watched, I watched a whole movie yesterday. Oh, damn. I got to finish that movie. Then we watched like a bunch of Peaky Blinders last night. Um, it was our cheat day. So we just ate like crap. I ate Count Chocula yesterday. <laughs> I ate so much ca Halloween candy because I bought Halloween candy because it's out. And I bought like not the minis, but I bought like the fun yeah. size kind. So it wasn't, let me I draw ate this so much candy. That I literally gave myself a stomachache last yeah. night. And I was like, I need to go to bed because I, I feel like I'm going to get sick. Literally, <laughs> I'm falling asleep and you go, baby, I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm like, you're a little kid that But at just... least I will not want candy no. or sugar for the week. I'm no. good. You're it's the little Saturday. kid that just ate all the Easter candy and then puked it all up uh, by uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Amy Russell says she ate Count Chocolate. Yeah, because they have it at Target and it's in this big-ass box. And you're just like, yeah, childhood. Um, so... The, the reason, th here's why I bring this up and I want to move on to the next question. Um, the reason I do that, the reason I can, I'll just go hard on a day or two or for a week. But when I have off, it is not just this with a beer on the couch. Although that's what I feel like sometimes. It's like, no, what am I going to do? Like if I'm going, if I'm cheating on a day, yesterday it was, I still did protein shake in the morning, still did coffee, but then it was chocolate croissants. It was a pork leg and cheese uh, sandwich, go Jersey. Um, it was Count Chocula. It was a ton of candy. It was drinking beer, because I I cut that on my diet during the week too, for the most part. Um, and uh, But it's like, I'm going full tilt, like gluttonous, because that is, it, that just feels better. And, and, and so that, so it's either when I'm not doing work, I'm 100% not doing work. And that's, that's how I do uh, sorry, that was a really long answer, but I hope it was helpful. It's just a funny. Uh, Chris Dutcher. He's asking, my school is all virtual, and the district says we can't require cameras to be on for all students. What are some tips for connecting and engaging monitoring, monitoring students? I have GoGuardian now. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Um, interesting. Um, I, Do you like GoGuardian, I'll ask? Yeah. Chris Dutcher, can you send me an email? Let me know if you like GoGuardian. Uh, so... What I'm thinking is, um, we aren't supposed to require our students to stay on camera. I don't, right? Like, and I'm not, this isn't putting anyone on blast. Because I don't know how kids view their own living situation. But, like, so I had a kid on the other day that was had to sit on the couch with, like, two of, two of his other brothers. And they were all learning. Some people, like, someone got off the remote, off, like, they unmuted themselves the other day to give an answer that, to something that I asked the class. I didn't ask that individual unmutes himself and what i hear in the background is mom on the phone going 
yeah, the account number is, and I was like, nope, like, mute immediately. Like, like you cannot put that out there. Um, or, like, I just don't know. Like, I have a couple of kids that, like, learn from their basements, and some of their basements look nice, and another, you know, other ones look like it's, like, you know, it puts the lotion on. Like, it's just like, ah, this is not... I don't know if you want people to know that. Uh, so that like, like that you're like learning from a seller essentially. Because basements in Philly are like they look like uh, they're like old storage cellars. They're not like beautiful like uh, finished basements. So when that happens, um, I don't require it. But I know, I know for a couple of different reasons. Um, who's playing video games? who's watching TV, even when kids are looking at the camera and I'm, and they're just like this and they're staring at me, I can tell that like, bro, you have another window open and I know you're watching anime or something right now. <laughs> here's, here's what I've, I've done with that. One, this year, look, man, the, one of the things we have to get around is just knowing that, some, that there's going to be more responsibility on the student's end than we can do anything with right? Like it's, it's, I'm not there. I can't see what's on your computer. I can trust you, but ah, like, I don't really, I don't really know. Um, the funny thing is, is you, I, I saw all your Zoom PD meetings. I know everybody is in there doing something else other than listening. Yeah. So it, the same thing happens for teachers as it does for yeah. students. So, and, and so I, I get that. Um, one of the ways that I've been connecting with students more, especially kids that I'm like concerned about is, uh, one, I, I ask like three to four students each day to just stay back. I'll be like, Hey, look, uh, so we're done class. We're done a few minutes early, 10 minutes early, 20 minutes early, whatever it is. Um, and we did everything today. Here's, I just need to speak to you, you, and you after class, you're not in trouble or anything. I just want to ask you something. And then that's where I'm connecting with kids. So like last week I had two students that when they get, did their life map, which is, uh, uh, they do a, a project based on themselves in 10 slides. Like, so 10 moments in your life that made you into the person you are today. Uh, two students in one class told me that they collect anime characters, right? So like they collect like figurines or action figures or something. Um, and this is like, that's like nerdiest of the nerd kind of thing to do. And when you're in high school in like, it's the only time I've ever heard someone share that because that, that I mean, you have to have like expendable money to collect that kind of stuff. Or like you have to like not spend money on this and spend money on this instead. And it's just not something I've ever heard my students talk about. But the fact that two kids in the same class talked about it, I also knew that if we were in school, those dudes would get dogged. Like in 10 seconds, someone would be like, you collect toys, you play with toys, blah. So I kept them after class. and I was like, bro, you got to tell me more about this. I need to know like, What's like the rare, like where, how'd you get into this? What's the rarest thing you have? If you could have any collectible figure in the world, which one would it be? Um, how do you keep them safe? Do you dust them? Are they in a case? Like what's going on there? So immediately you took someone who's an, clearly an outsider because they collect action figures and they're 14 years old, right? And this is like not something that people talk about. It's all, I do the same thing with kids that play Pokemon still or kids that play Magic the Gathering or um, kids are into like cosplay kind of stuff or, or whatever other thing they're into that is weird. And, and what I mean by weird is like, it is not the average, um, but that's my favorite thing. It's my favorite place to be with kids is kids that like are, you know, slightly left of center. Um, 
and then empowering them by saying, I'm interested and I'm not always like, I don't, I don't give a crap about figurines, right? But what I care about is the kid. And if the kid cares about it, now I care about it because you care about it. I'm not like going to start go collecting characters or something like that or playing Pokemon because um, that game's just confusing to begin with. Um, but I'm asking real questions that I'm genuinely interested in. And then we build this thing that is, now I know you love Dragon Ball Z and who your favorite character is. So journal, journal entry on Monday, looking up Dragon Ball Z quotes. And then I use a quote, hey, uh, in this episode, this character said this, but it's something that pertains to everyone. Um, how do you all feel about this? How does this relate to your life? Now the kid that I spent time with after school, when I do that, they're like, yo, Reynolds gets me. This is the greatest class in the world. This is squirrels. I hate them. I know. Um, they, uh, squirrels are screwing up my garden. They make me angry. <laughs> but whatever. Um, so that's how I get to know students better is by doing those little like it could be five seconds or it could be five minutes or 15 minutes with a student depending on the kid um but that's how you let them know it's a simple act of doing this i was paying attention i see you and now i want you to know that you were seen it is not enough to just say it in class but sometimes it's that little personal touch at the end of class that really works what you got ellie how do you think COVID slash post-COVID will change the school system? Do you believe teaching is going to be a good career to pursue still afterwards? Uh, that's, wow, that's, that's a wonderful question. Um, I, my hope last year was that it was really going to, I thought like things got shaken up enough. It, last year felt like the Wild West. It really felt like we could just do anything as long as we were trying to teach kids for a lot of us anyway. And I was hoping that we would learn from that. My sense now is we did not learn from that. My sense now is that most schools are trying to, are, need to check boxes so they can say that, yes, there are teachers. Yes, there is learning. Yes, we're doing these things. Yes, we're covering all of the core curriculum content stuff. Yes, we're getting ready, students ready for, for testing. All this, there's all this stuff that we think can be solved by technology. And Here's the problem. The problem is when schools take technology, which is a tool, and they use it as the main thing. Salt is not a main ingredient. Like, or salt, you can't just eat a spoonful of salt. You can sprinkle something on salt on something, and that's how I, and to, to enhance it. And I think that technology should be used in a similar fashion. Don't eat a bowl of sugar, right? But sugar sprinkled on something is awesome. That's why when I talk about sprinkling magic, it's using these things that are not, it's not the core content, but what can you do on top of it that's gonna make it better? And I think schools are far more interested in compliance right now than they are in actual influence, um, in actual teaching. And so, because uh, they're trying to cover bases. Now, how do I think this ends going back? Uh, right, was that the question? How, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I, I know you're trying to do something. Um, do you believe it's good teaching? So I think, I think teaching at its core is always the best thing to be into. Like if you want to be a teacher, and this is why. I got into teaching for kids, not for content. I love English. I love literature. It changed, it changed my life, right? But it's really, if I think about it, and this is a revelation I only had recently. It is my foot in the door. It's the way I got in the back door of the club so I can interact with young people on a positive note to help to 
motivate, inspire, and help them grow into the person they want to be, no matter what the world is telling them. It's the way that I can remind students that you belong everywhere. And because I can do that through teaching English, especially like that subject matter specifically is a way that is a lens for me to teach kids all kinds of great stuff about themselves and share how, how they can share their voice and that their opinion is important, their story is important, all this stuff. Um, I don't know another way to, to, this sounds creepy, but I don't know another way to gain access to children at such scale as teaching is. I get to spend my day with people that are going to change the world and I get to remind them of that every day. And so um, if, I, if there was another way to do that, uh, that wasn't so systematically broken, I, maybe, but um, I also just also liked showing up in the broken places, um, not to be a hero, not to be a savior, but like sometimes when you feel like, think about this, yo, like, I don't know, I just said yo, but like when you are in the shit, when your life is really hard, when you're depressed, when you don't know what to do with yourself, the right person showing up just to show you attention, right? Not to give you advice, just to care, just to not, and not to sympathize with you, but to actually sit in the shit with you to go, all right, I got a suit on, but you know what? I'll sit down here with you and I'm just going to sit here and be with you so that you know you're not alone, so that you went from invisible to visible. That teaching will always do. That teaching it will always provide opportunity for. And so whether or not learning gets any better, I don't know. But can we prepare kids' hearts and minds for the world? Yes, no matter what. Um, amen. Vanished Vanished in thin air. Look at that. Oh, look at that. I feel like I was like looking at a Wheel of Fortune puzzle. Like, <laughs> what is this? Uh, is asking, what makes a good team leader? I'm newly appoint. I'm a newly appointed leader. I'm the youngest in the department, and I also worked with teachers before and before. So sometimes I worry they hate me or if I'm doing it wrong. It's a good question. This is an awesome question. I have a thousand answers for this, but the short of it is that I'm going to tell you is one, your people have to know that you have their back no matter what. That is the most liberating thing as a follower or a supporter to a leader is knowing that they're going to ride for you no matter what. That if you screw up, you're not just going to get, you know, punched in the face, but you're going to get talked to about not just what you did wrong, but growth mindset, how are we going to make this better? How can we have a conversation about this to help next time? You know, you yelled at a class, you gave someone an F, you did not have a good conference with a parent. Check, done. There's no use in talking about what we did if we're not going to say, let's identify what went wrong or what, or, or, and what went right, if, the, if that's the case. And then how do we change this next time? I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think um, doing that regularly. One of the, be the best principal I ever had in my life, one of the best people I ever worked with in my whole life is, uh, is this guy, Noah. And Noah would just, him being in the building made you feel better. That if you had an altercation with a kid or something was going on, he would just come down and gently like, like just be there. He didn't have to insert himself. He didn't have to say anything. He was there if you needed him. He would just pop in your room and he would remember stuff about you. Like, yo, Reynolds. Um, did you and the boy go to the thing this weekend? Did you like, how'd this turn out? Like, uh, how was your brother's wedding? He would just remember stuff that you were like, damn, like you really paid attention, bro. Um, and then he would talk to you about it for like two minutes and be like, all right, man, I'm going to go check in on so-and-so, but like, I'm really glad that it went well. 
that kind of stuff where you're seen as a human being and not a cognitive machine and you're cared for, I think that that on the lowest level, right? That's baseline leadership is the best gift that you could give to your people. Um, I have two questions left for you. Cool. Uh, because and then it's time for the Eagles game, which is always time. We'll ask this one while I find the other one. Got you. My boy, Do uh, Mr. James Pete, which let me say real quick. If you're not in the Facebook group, Real Rap with Reynolds, Teacher Talk on Facebook. Last two, Tuesday, we had a meeting oh, of yes. people just random Tuesday. Zoom happy hour, right? Which didn't, you have to drink. You know, me and Jean, James were throwing them back. But, like, you can just show <laughs> up and just be happy. Of people from literally around the world, a group of, I don't know, 38 of us or something like that. And you can only get 40-minute Zoom calls. We, what did we do? Four times? Four we were on there for hours. And it was so fun to meet, to see, like, little space freckles is... Like, to see the face, the person that is actually that individual that I've, I've known and loved on the internet for a long time. To talk to James P. in person, go back and oh. forth, was really, really fun. Did you lose this question? No. Mm -mm. Oh, so um, it was just a really great thing that we did last week. I'm going to try and figure out a way to do more. Um, maybe on a smaller scale. Maybe we can figure them out so, like, we can actually converse and stuff like that. Like, people can do it. But uh, James P. said, I asked this last week. I'll give it a shot again. Um... We ask you a question. Oh, wait. Why am I reading this? You've been reading them yeah, all day. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I got you. Uh, we are asking question, you questions all the time. This week, do you have any questions we can help you with? Um, we can send you videos or replies here, just trying to, trying to flip the script. You know that everyone is flipping classrooms and everything. That's a great <laughs> question. Do you have any questions? Um, whenever I'm confused or I'm at my wit's end, I don't know what to do, my wife just goes, what do you always say to me? Where should I go? Are you listening? What do you all? I, I always tell you, you go pray. No, what, like, go to your garden? No, you go. Go. Why don't you just put in the Facebook group? Put oh, in, I do. Put in your own <laughs> Facebook group. Like, I do. just do it. Um, yeah, James, the only thing I'm really wondering about this week is like, how are people doing journal entries? I'd love to know that. But I, I would love. People said uh, that's some a great said, idea. Like, take a picture and just do it like okay. that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna look through those responses. But that was it. That's I will keep that in mind though. That I'll, maybe I should have like an ask a week or something like that. I'm trying to find this. This person says I have the same question as Emily. I can't find Emily's. Um, here. Do. Uh, do you have a, a command computer? F? Emily. There's one of two. What ways do you gather data for your SPED students? So that was probably the question. I don't think that, that was the question, but go ahead. Should I just answer that one? Or? Yeah. Okay. Edie, if you know where the other question Edith, is. So say know. it again, because so, Edie might not have been paying attention. Oh, uh, Heather McCure is saying I have the same question as Emily. But we are not sure what question Emily had unless what Emily... it's what, do you, what ways do you gather data, data for your SPED students? There was a different one. It was the one that I read that wasn't a question yet. All right, so real quick, anyway. the way that I gather data for my SPED students is um, we have trackers that we keep or, like, I just follow along with the IP or um, I take notes constantly on, like, how I'm altering things for, for students to help them um, do well. I found that virtual for my SPED students so far this year has been really good and much better than it was last year. Because when I let everyone go, or if I can just put myself in a breakout room with a kid for a moment, um, that allows me to break things down, to explain things, to connect with them. And it's been, that, that's that been really good. Or uh, if I can't do a breakout room, all uh, not all of them, but a number of my students that have special needs or have IEPs have my phone number. And 
I'll have them call me during class. I mute everyone else. I take the phone call real quick. I can run you down, like run down for you what's going on. And that's been helpful too. But um, I just take notes. And then what we do is I typically sit with someone from our special education department and I say, look, how I don't know, always know the Latin you because you, you know, if you are not in special education, maybe if, if you are, you know that special education people have their own language. You're not really even sure what they're talking about sometimes. Like, uh, because you're just like, I don't know what that, I don't know what that number or acronym or initials meant that you said right there. Um, so in doing that with sitting down with someone, they might ask me leading questions and I'll say what I did, what, how it changed, what, 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 uh, what worked for that student. And then they put it into a way that everyone's going to understand. It's like Forrest Gump. Mama always says things in a way that I can understand them. And that's what I do. Um, anything else? You can answer that one. Okay, last one. Uh, and then I'm going to go watch the Eagles game uh, with Brody. He is patiently waiting for me. Leo is asking. Do your kids get jealous of your students? My kid, four years old, does. Any tips? Thanks. And, oh, any. I thought, never mind. I was. Do I your, thought it was going to say. Do your kids I thought you said, and he tips, and I was waiting for like <laughs> no. what, the flower vase over. Like, no. uh, uh, yes. This. So. Do you think our kids get jealous? I think sometimes, but not really. And the reason that I, I have figured out a way to around that is um, I have always brought my kids to school, like for years and years and years. And I don't know that I would bring Brody as much anymore unless older guys are there because he's 13 and my students are 14. But my students are, by and large, far more mature than, than my boy is. And some of that is just like city living. Some of that is, um, I'm going to say, some of that is like, Black and brown boys, I think a lot of times, uh, depending on where you live, are forced to grow up quicker, right? To have things like street smarts and stuff. I don't live in a neighborhood where street smarts are as important, although they're not non-existent. Um, but not like where I grew up, where like I was blissfully unaware of the world and just went about my business having zero idea that like the world could be a dangerous place. Um, but bringing my kids in and and really loving my children in front of my students and loving my students in front of my children has been something that um, has created an atmosphere where when I bring my kids up, there's actually kids that are excited to see my kids that are like, yo, Brody, did you bring your switch? Or do you want to play Fortnite real quick? Like on your dad's phone and I'm playing on my phone and we'll do this. Or, yo, did you see this new thing? There's a new game and you can do this thing. Or there's a camaraderie between them. Or we've even played Fortnite with some of my students, um, which is keep on mute because my students curse like sailors and, uh, they, so it's like, but it's that sort of connection. And even to a point where like, I used to have this kid, uh, his last name was Reese. We call him Reese Cup. And Reese Cup was getting in trouble all the time in school. I mean, my man never shut up. He never sat down. He was always saying out of pocket stuff, always cursing, getting in fights with people. And so, um, one night I was stressed and I was, and Brody was getting in trouble for, uh, in school, not in trouble. Cause he's such a good boy, but he can't sit still. It's, it is hard for him. And he had teachers that were like, just not having it. They just thought like, no, you need to do, you need to be compliant. Um, he was feeling some type of way. And so we were talking about this in, in bed one night. And I said, you know, bro, I have a student that's really struggling with this too. Like Reese cup is like, he just has no chill, man. And, and I'm not sure what to do. And he goes, you know what you should do dad. Brody was like maybe, maybe six years old when he said this to me. He said, 
tomorrow, um, you should go over and kneel next to him and tell him that you know he can be a really good boy and that you really care about him. And if he needs to get up sometimes, he can get up sometimes. This right six-year-old. So the next day I go and I go, yo, Reese, I go, we got to talk, bro. I, so I kneel down next to him. I say exactly what Brody said. And I said, this advice came to me from my six-year-old. I said, now look, bro, if this doesn't work, you're going to make me look like a bad dad and I can't be a bad dad. So I need to know that like we can build a connection this year that was going to help you win. And you got to work with me because I need to go home at the end of the night and tell my kid that he was right. And he's like, I swear, this is gonna make me cry. Um, I swear, Reese Cub goes, yo, I got you Reynolds. And no shit. Like by the end of the year, Brody came up to school with me one time and he was like taking a long time getting in the building because he pays attention to 97 different things that are around him and other kids are talking to him. Reese Cup's there and he was like a grown ass man at this point. He goes, yo, Reynolds. He goes, yo, Ren, is that the boy? And I go, yeah. And he goes, shit. He goes, uh, he goes, Brody. And Brody goes, Reese Cup. And they, <laughs> like in like a movie, they just like ran to one another. He picks Brody up, gives him this giant hug. They hung out for the rest of the day. But it was like helping your kids, your own children, your offspring to see the value in what you do and for those students that might not have a dad or a mom that's like you, might not have someone that cares like you do at home, right? Or they just need a little bit of extra help. Um, and having your kids see you love your children, shit, it's game over, man. It is it is the, one of the best things that you can do. And that's how you kind of bridge that gap. Um, look, folks, we're, we're, we're gonna call it there. Before I, before I go, I wanna just remind you, for people that need it, one, we're here every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you have friends that are struggling, if you know people that are struggling, please tell them to come because it's not just me. It's all these wonderful people that are in the group. The Facebook group is, I'm telling you, I put money on it. We're the best Facebook group on Facebook because um, it's only, it's 99% love and support. And then there's every once in a while, some shit that goes down in there. But 99% um, of the time is like, you put a question in about anything, I swear to you, you're gonna get 40 responses from people that, that understand exactly where you're coming from. If that's not enough, I do personal mentoring. You can go right to the website, realrapwithreynolds.com. I started this because I was asked to start it. This isn't just some kind of like way that I make money, although it does cost money because I have to justify the time away from my, my family. Um, or there's the book that I think is really, is a resource that I try to create that I wish existed when I started teaching. Real Rap, with, uh, it's called Teacher Class Off, The Real Rap Guide to Teaching. You can get on Amazon. Um, and if you do give it on Amazon, if you leave a rating for it, it just helps more people know about it. I mean, if we're, the whole goal here is to try and help teachers be the teacher they always dreamed of being, um, the more noise we can make around that instead of all the crap that teachers are getting right now, especially because of how things are going and everyone's like, there's a lot of demonizing and damning teachers right now. Um, I want to just spread the word of how we can win this year, no matter what, more than anything. And that's it, everybody. I hope that you have a really great week. Are you still commenting to someone? No, you can go. All right. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, and we will see you next Sunday. Peace. How do I? I forget how to end. Thanks, there. Mr. James Pete. <laughs> I'll just say thank you. I don't know what you did, but. He said I didn't I didn't go add a review on the uh, Amazon because he did Barnes & Noble. Because he did Barnes & Noble. He's going to go do Amazon today. You're a dude. Later, Thanks, guys. Buddy.